Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's probably schmancy, (laughs) dum-dum, and dusty. Welcome to I Tell My Husband the News. I'm Shannon Ray Green, a journalist at USA Today. Each week, I catch my husband up on all the stories he may have missed. He doesn't really like to read or watch the news, so I'm pretty much his sole news source. It's a big responsibility. My husband, Dusty Terrell, is a local comedian in the Washington, D.C. area. Thanks for being here, Dusty. Thanks for having me, Shannon. So how's it going? Pretty good. How are you doing? Did you have a good birthday week last week? I did. Thanks mainly to my lovely wife. Ah, you shouldn't have to say that. (laughs) But I'm glad you do. (laughs) We didn't really even do anything special. It was just time well spent. You got to see your parents, so that was great. Yeah, they came up over the weekend to hang out. That was nice. So we fell slightly short of the 100 new reviews for my birthday, which is too bad. It's a real shame. Yeah, but we did get one. So that's close. Uh, But thank you so much to WGD Pod. We super appreciate it. Another great birthday present. Very kind words. Uh, Please leave us five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. It helps a lot. Or wherever you can review. You can also tweet us. I'm at Dusty Terrell. I'm at Shannon Ray Green. And you can send us an email if you like at itellmyhusbandthenews at usatoday.com. This is the secret to making the perfect cup of coffee. You won't see this vintage coffee pot in most homes. Um, The secret is you get some beans, you put some hot water, boom. (laughs) That's not even the secret anymore. The secret is buy a little plastic cup with some sort of ingredients in it, and then you put it in this machine and you push a button, (laughs) and then you pour it into a bigger cup. You're not going to describe what happens from the small cup to the big cup? You don't know what. magic as far as I'm concerned. (laughs) This is written by my colleague Nancy Dunham. She works for Review.com. She writes, I was a coffee lover before it was cool. Back when Starbucks was best known as a character in Herman Melville's classic novel Moby Dick, and Pete was the neighborhood kid. He spelled it P-E-T-E. I was savoring coffee, and I picked up the habit from my mother. Growing up, my mother always had a percolator full of freshly brewed coffee at the ready, and she always poured a cup before sitting down to chat. Whether she was catching up with me, my sisters, my dad, a neighbor, or anyone she called on the telephone, she did so over a cup of coffee from her percolator. Notice I said percolator, not a standard drip coffee maker or a French press, but a vintage coffee pot that continuously cycles boiling water through coffee grounds to make a smooth, strong pot of coffee. In my mind, it's the only coffee maker that makes a truly tasty brew. It's smoother and fuller flavored than what comes out of a drip machine or single cup brewer. Here's how it works and why you should consider switching. So what is a percolator? I actually 
don't know what it is. Mm-mm. You don't know either. No clue. If you're unfamiliar with the percolator, which were the target That's audience us. here, mm-hmm. yep. she writes, you're not alone. Its popularity peaked in the 70s and has been eclipsed by drip coffee makers and single cup pod brewers. A percolator looks like an electric tea kettle, but inside there is a long stem that extends from the bottom carafe where water is kept to the basket up top where coffee grounds are held. When the water heats in a percolator, it causes steam and water to travel up that hollow stem and move through the coffee grounds. There are two basic types of coffee percolators. The first is the electric percolator, which operates on a timer and has a keep warm mode. The second is a stovetop percolator, which heats on the stove just like a tea kettle. In my experience, the stovetop version takes a bit more babysitting, so I prefer an electric one, like my beloved West Bend Classic Electric Percolator. The review team reviewed the best electric percolators on the market, which afford more control over the brewing process. Percolators made of stainless steel are best to keep unpleasant flavors and harmful chemicals out of your coffee. Like a standard drip coffee maker, you can brew anywhere from 2 to 12 cups of coffee in a standard percolator. Just fill the carafe with as much water as you like and scoop in a corresponding amount of coffee into a filter. Sounds similar to a drip coffee maker, right? Wrong. Almost everything about the brewing process is different and upside down. Coletti Coffee explains that a percolator works by convection. As the water is heated, it moves from the heat source in the form of bubbles and steam, which push through the hollow stem up to the coffee basket at the top. The process is repeated until the brew is at full strength. Drip coffee makers essentially rely on hot water that drips down through the grounds to make the coffee you drink. The flavor is unbeatable. Coffee made in a percolator has a smooth, creamy taste. That's because the water gets hotter than in a drip and more fully extracts the flavor from the beans. Some people argue that makes percolated coffee bitter or overprocessed. But according to Coletti Coffee, if you use hot water rather than cold for the brewing process, the water will heat more slowly and regulate the temperature. It's easy to clean. Perhaps the best thing about percolators besides the taste of the coffee is that they're user-friendly. Each day, I just empty leftover grounds from the pot and wash all parts with soap and water. Be sure not to submerge the electrical parts, much as you would in a slow cooker or electric tea kettle. But otherwise, it's exceedingly simple to clean with a great sponge and warm, soapy water. Doesn't sound easy to me at all. You can't just put it in the dishwasher. That's not easy. Mm. I gotta actually stand there and clean it? No, thank you. If you're simply looking for an efficient caffeine boost, a convenient drip coffee maker is perfect for pouring a quick cup before you race out the door. I'll venture to say that if you're not a coffee lover, you might not want a percolator. Some people will likely never quit the simplicity of their single cup brewers. But if you really love the flavor of coffee and savor the taste and the experience, give a percolator a try. Your rewards will include the hypnotic whirring of the brew, the intoxicating scent of ground beans meeting piping hot steam, the soothing swirl of the strengthening brew, and of course, a delicious pot of strong, bold coffee. That's without mentioning the fun you'll have as guests watch the simple novelty of this classic coffee maker. Perhaps that's one reason why my mom fostered so many pleasant conversations when a coffee pot was within arm's length. That's certainly the case for me. And don't forget, to relax and chat, too. Why do you think percolators fell out of fashion? I have no idea. Is it because they can explode? Do they explode? Oh, you're making a This Is Us reference? No. (laughs) Not everything is a This Is Us reference, Shannon. Oh, that's strange. That's how I live my life. (laughs) I don't really drink coffee. The only reason we have a coffee machine in our house is for when guests come over, right? Mainly your dad and my mom and dad. Yeah. And I guess pretty much everyone except for you and me expects to have coffee every morning. 
Yeah, it's not my thing. <laughs> yeah, it's not. I mean, we leave the house all the time without drinking coffee, and some people just can't even understand that, how you could wake up and not immediately drink coffee. The best thing about not drinking coffee regularly, though, is if I'm really dragging and I have a cup of coffee, then I'm just like, I'm like Superman. I'm just like jittery and going a thousand miles per hour and can accomplish anything because my tolerance is low. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know who really likes uh, percolators? Who? Mary J. Blige. She talks about it all the time. <laughs> New research indicates the oldest fossils ever found on Earth might just be rocks. I think this is another one of those examples where scientists are just being stubborn. What is a fossil and what is a rock? Not everything's a fossil. Sometimes they're just rocks. <laughs> this was written by Seth Borenstein, who works for the Associated Press. He writes, What were billed as the oldest fossils on Earth may just be some rocks, according to a new study. Two years ago, a team of Australian scientists found odd structures in Greenland that they said were partly leftovers from microbes that lived on an ancient seafloor. They were said to be 3.7 billion years old, which suggests life formed quicker and easier than thought after Earth formed. But... Last Wednesday, the journal Nature, which published the 2016 study, released new research using NASA technology that concludes the structures found on rocks were likely not fossils, but more rock. The Australian scientists, however, still maintain that they are fossils. The new work was done by NASA astrobiologist Abigail Allwood, who had found the previous oldest fossil at nearly 3.5 billion years old. When she read the 2016 paper, she thought that Quote, there was something not quite right, unquote. So she went to Greenland and looked herself. Allwood found the shapes, the weathering, and mostly the interior layers of the structures don't fit with this type of fossil called stromatolites. One even was growing in what she called the wrong direction. Then Allwood used a version of an instrument that's being sent to Mars in a few years to create a chemical map of the structure. She said it didn't have the chemical signature of fossilized life. Three outside experts told the Associated Press they agree with the newest research. None thought they were fossils, as suggested by Alan Nutman at the University of Wollongong in Australia. Hey, Shannon, I think uh, I might have some of the oldest fossils on the planet. I dug them up in my, my backyard the other day. They're just rocks? It's just rocks. <laughs> it's just, just rocks. It's only rocks. Sometimes it's just rocks. Sometimes it's only rocks. Yeah. It's hard. You know, if you put your time into digging up those rocks, you think you might have something special on your hands. I mean, maybe a geologist would be like, what do you mean it's just rocks? Rocks are great. Rocks <laughs> rock. <laughs> University of Connecticut's Peter Vischer said that a claim of such an old fossil requires several lines of evidence. He said, so scientists were impressed but not convinced by Nutman's work. He said he was persuaded by Allwood's thorough work that it was not a fossil. Nutman and his colleagues released a statement defending their work. They said Allwood took samples from the far end of one of two sites and didn't test the original specimens when offered. They said in the statement, quote, This is a classic comparing apples and oranges scenario, leading to the inevitable outcome that ours and their observations do not exactly match. Said another of the outside experts, Marie-Catherine Sofourna of the University of Liège in Belgium, Quote, the search for traces of early life is without any doubt a difficult task and often raises controversy, 
unquote. Well, I'm glad they're taking that machine up to Mars because I don't want you to tell me some baloney story about how there's fossils on Mars in a couple couple months when it's just rocks. <laughs> And last today, we've got the lightning-fast headline roundup. Does Dusty care about these stories in the slightest? Here we go. Duchess Megan goes barefoot on Bondi Beach. I guess water shoes are too good for the princess. (laughs) David Beckham says marriage to Victoria is hard work. I bet that is true. (laughs) She didn't get that name Posh Spice for nothing, right? She looks like she'd be a handful. (laughs) But she's so posh. I bet being married to Ginger Spice is a breeze. (laughs) Just won the Mega Millions jackpot? Keep quiet and call a lawyer. No comment. (laughs) I wish I had that sort of problem. (laughs) Do you think we'd keep doing the podcast if... We won the lottery. Yeah, we'd do it from our yacht. Least popular baby names of the last 10 years. It's probably Schmancy, <laughs> Dum Dum, <laughs> and Dusty. I bet those are the Oh, time. Dusty's a great name. Uh, I love the name Dusty. Man-sized tissues renamed amid sexism complaints. Let me mansplain something to you, Shannon. <laughs> Please don't. We're big and we need bigger tissues, okay? (laughs) You're gendering everything. (laughs) I don't like it. (laughs) I want my tissues rough, too. Don't put any of that (laughs) lotion in there. (laughs) If it doesn't turn my nose red, I'm not going to be happy with it. Where to watch your favorite childhood Halloween movies? Well, if you're like me, you just go down to the old Blockbuster and you rent them. (laughs) Where do you find one of those? Oh, no, they don't exist anymore. (laughs) Is laughter the key to a happy relationship? Well, I can't speak for all relationships, but we try to save only laughter for the podcast. All other times, super serious. (laughs) That's not even close to true. (laughs) We're always making jokes. Experts say holiday music can be bad for the brain. Oh, no, definitely. What do you mean? What do you know about it? It hurts my brain all the time. (laughs) I love it. Yeah. I was such a fan. Royal family grows as Pippa gives birth to baby boy. You know who else gave birth today? Who? A bunch of other people that also don't matter to me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Snake falls from ceiling, scares bank workers. Nightmarish. If if I was at work and a snake fell from the ceiling, I would no longer work there. <laughs> Just one. Yeah, that's all it would take. <laughs> Why California dreams of straw bans and mandated veganism. That seems unconstitutional. <laughs> Clickbait tricks people into going to voter registration sites. That's definitely who we want voting more, is the people who, who want to find out where the cast of Step by Step is now. (laughs) Next week on I Tell My Husband the News, well, I don't know. It hasn't happened yet. That's why it's called the news. (laughs) I Tell My Husband the News is part of the USA Today podcast network. New episodes come out every Monday. If you want to check out other podcasts from 
all across the USA Today network. Just go to podcast.usatoday.com or find them wherever you listen to podcasts like Stitcher, SoundCloud, or Apple Podcasts. Thanks so much for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.